0: Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times cuz you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. I'm is Voss here from the chrisvoss.com. <laughs> There you go, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to ChrisBotShow.com. We certainly appreciate you guys coming in being a part of the podcast because without you guys, we'd just be talking to a mic and probably getting our meds in our little rubber room that's behind the green screen here. So there you go. We have an amazing author who's joining us on the show, a multi-book author, but before we get to him, we have to do the begging, pleading... Get on our knees, grovel a little bit, and say, Can you please, for the love of God, refer the family, friends, and relatives to Kedry's.com, for Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, for Chris Foss, YouTube.com, uh, for Chris Foss, Chris one of the tickety tockety And uh, I don't know, there's something else I missed. The LinkedIn newsletter and the big 130,000 LinkedIn group, too. That's as well. You'll probably be seeing this in the LinkedIn newsletters. There you go, folks. As always, we have the most smartest, brightest people that come to you in the world. None of them are me. I'm just the idiot on the show with the mic. I mean, clearly, we know that after 15 years but for 15 years we've been bringing you three to four shows a day 15 to 20 shows a week of most amazing brilliant minds and again i have to disclose this by attorney privilege none of those people are me that's why we have guests on the show people so there's smart people here the ceos the billionaires the white house presidential advisors governors congress members u.s ambassadors astronauts tv and pulitzer prize winners damn it people what i'm telling you there's smart people on this show or else, I don't know what that means. Today, we are joined by an amazing author. Faisal Hawk is joining us on the show. His latest book is called Reinvent, Navigating Business Transformation in a Hyper Digital Era. Came out July 4th, 2023. We'll be talking about his his books and all the great stuff that goes into his books. He's written so many, I can't even even count them all, but uh, we'll do that. Welcome to the show. How are you, sir?
1: Thank you for having me. I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. There you go.
0: Thanks for coming. Give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs.
1: Sure. It's Faisalhot.com, my name and .com.
0: There you go. And you're an accomplished entrepreneur, thought leader on leadership, technology innovator, advisor to CEOs, BODs, BODs. I know what BODs are. I find them on Tinder. No, we'll have to find out what that means. And the U.S. government, and offer more than 25 years across industry success. What are BODs? And give us a 30,000 overview of what's inside your new book, Reinvent.
1: Look, the Reinvent is a result of my 25 years of doing work with large corporations and mm-hmm. and government as well. And I do a lot of work with our federal government. And it's about how does the corporations and the large organization tune their organization to transform to the next level by utilizing the right technology and leveraging the technology that actually creates long-lasting impact for the organization with innovation and with high-performance teams. So that, that's, that's what the book is about. And it's not about mindset and leadership mindset, obviously, which plays a big role in any kind of transformational journey.
0: Definitely, you gotta have leadership there. Someone's gotta lead that damn ship, or else it kind of goes on the rocks. So, do you talk about AI in the book and digitization? I think uh, uh, is yeah. that a
1: factor? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't talk about technology today without talking about AI. Uh, mm-hmm. Every other war today is AI, right? So, yeah. we do talk I'm an
0: about AI it. podcast. <laughs> you, you have no idea. I'm not sitting here for real.
1: <laughs> so you're not real. It's it's a page, face.
0: I'm just a hologram. Yeah
1: right no i mean look artificial intelligence we have seen a huge movement in the last 24 months there are a lot of debate about is it good is it bad is it going to destroy us is it going to transform our life altogether? none of us will ever have to work i mean it's all kind of conversation about mm-hmm. ai but you know in reality is that it's somewhere in between right i mean it's mm-hmm. just like anything else how we use it is going to impact how we progress and if we don't utilize it properly, then it will create a lot of harm. Mm-hmm. We do talk about AI a great deal, and both the benefit and also the, the how to govern it so it doesn't go out of hand.
0: There you go. Uh, you know, we just had, we just like two hours ago, I think, four hours ago, we got off the line with my good friend Gary Shapiro, who runs CTA and the CS show. You're probably familiar with the big CS show every year in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And one thing he was talking about, he goes, every company needs to think of themselves as a technology company, no matter what it is. Even if it seems like you're not a technology company, you kind of have to think that way. Do you agree with that?
1: Hundred percent. Look, I, I wrote a Wall Street Journal article twenty some years ago. I, you know, and my argument was that uh, you know this is just right before the dot com bubble, right? And I was arguing that uh, if, if if the companies and the leaders don't learn how to use technology, not only they're going to be obsolete, but their organizations are going to become irrelevant. And if you look at the last twenty years, we've seen a lot of companies come and go. And we've seen a lot of the traditional companies are no longer in business, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look, follow that trend, you can only imagine what will happen with the next generation technology that are coming. And that's going to change the way we work, the way we play, the way we communicate, etc etc I mean you started this show 15 years ago mm-hmm. imagine 20 years ago when I mean, we couldn't have done this you know because the the, the bandwidth wasn't there right yeah. I and mean, it's improved vastly since then right so every business model has completely changed because of technology and that that will continue to be the case and it's not just for the business part of it I mean you can look at healthcare, you can look at uh, you know the, the entertainment every facet of our life has completely changed because of technology it's so obviously some good and Obviously, some bad, but yeah. overall, I mean, you can't we can't live without technology,
0: definitely. I mean, I, I've seen th- technology and things that I never thought could be ad- adopted or adapted to technology. I flunked second grade, the uh, like farming, you know, you see like these, yeah. these, these farming tractors they have now. Yeah, these things are crazy, like robot AI machines. They have I saw someone profiling, I think, with the Wall Street Journal, a, a, a new machine farming machine that actually goes around and the AI will sense what, which are the, are the weeds and we know which yeah. is the growing root and it will, right. it will, you know, it will laser the weed, to kill it. And it knows the difference. And it just does that driving down the row. And you're just like, that's pretty ingenious. So there you go. Hey,
1: absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, look, I mean, if you look at healthcare, right. Mm-hmm. The opportunity with technology in healthcare is, is enormous because, The precision surgery precision, the diagnostic of of cancer, where you actually look at the DNA structure of human body and decide which cells are going array because of cancer growth. All of those are going to be far more accurate because of the technology than what of of the software and the the technology behind it is far more accurate than what human being can do. On a on a, a real time basis, right? So mm-hmm. so that's the opportunity, right? But you can also look at what happened, what could happen if all of these things become rogue, right? Because then you know a lot of these we talk about AI. AI is mimicking the human behavior and is learning from the human history, right? So if you look at, if you consider from that point of view, all the bad things we do as human is also going to be reflected with the technology, and it's going to be mm-hmm. proportionally incremental.
0: Right. There you go. I was listening to And Andreessen, Mark Andreessen argue with Sam. Jesus, uh, my one of my favorite podcasts. But he was he was arguing with them. People have heard me reference this on the show before. But he was talking. Mark Andreessen kind of has a Pollyanna sort of blue sky thing to it, and you know yeah. God bless him, he's got money in it. But you know he was like, you know, it's it's sucked. Yeah, I sucked in the greatest things of humanity, and uh, Sam Harris is saying to him, yeah, but it's also sucked in the worst of us, you know. Like, I'm sure it's pulled Absolutely. in Hitler and, you know, atrocities Absolutely. that we've done across the, the, the world and horrors. And, you know, we always haven't been good people. I don't think we're still good people yet working on it. I, I don't know. It might be human nature as the at this root. But, you know, and so, and so it has all those. One thing that's interesting to me that I run by you that came out of my thought thinking on this is, is and I think Sam Harris references, he goes, you know, as human beings, our paradigm is the breed populate the species breed and and you know keep the humanity alive that's kind of our biological paradigm you know we try we try and think that oh we do all this intelligent stuff and you know because we're high-minded but really you know we're just trying to press chicks and breed and raise the kids so that they survive and and propagate the species that's the that's the biologic biological thing but even though this This, these AR machines are sucking in the best of us. A lot of what we have designed has been limited by that thinking, you know, has been limited by the whole, well, you know, propagate the species thinking. This thing is going to think in a way and it's going to be its own species, is the the theorem. It's going to be its own species that thinks about things that we don't think about because it's not going to have any limits or any limits for that matter.
1: Of course. I mean look, I mean I'm working on a working on my next book which which is really around this topic of what's humanity, right? And mm-hmm. and and how do we think about humanity in general and what's the limitation of of, of mm-hmm. humanity, you know, the human thinking and how does the how does a new entity like AI takes that for good and for bad, right? I mean you can you can almost look at what has happened because of the social media. I mean, if you look at social media, it's a reflection of the collective soul of humanity, right? So there's lots of good stuff in there, right? But there's also all kind of garbage and all kind of things that has happened because of social media. I mean, internet was the connector. Social media was like kind of the accelerator of the mirror of humanity. AI is going to be the the good, bad, ugly, and the worst of humanity all wrapped in one, right? So that's where the danger comes in because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's like a children. It's like a child. It's what is the source of that knowledge? The source of that knowledge is the collective knowledge of humanity, right? So, And then it will create deduction. So the, the, the people who argues for it says, well, it's going to take all the good and it's going to make it even better. That's one set of argument, but you can also argue that it will take all the bad and mm. it will make it even worse, mm. and not to mention that there will be always some raw character that will try to benefit from doing bad things. Like mm. it's, it's the human history, right? I mean, mm. that's what humanity does. So that's where it gets tricky, right? I mean, mm. it's just like we don't know what will be the ultimate, you know, ultimate thoughts and uh, ultimate result. And you know, I mean, we a lot of time, you know, if you look at all uh, the you know the the sci-fi movies i mean we see that some some robot comes in knocks on your door and grabs you and does this that's actually a inter, a primitive perspective the 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 more futuristic perspective is that the machines are going to manipulate your mind and it will make you as the do which you already see because if you look at social media we get influenced by whatever is happening on social media, and we act upon it, right? Mm. So imagine now a some other entity is manipulating your thoughts with emotion and with your, you know, tapping into your greed, desire, whatever the case may be, and you're going to become a, 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 a you know, a toy or a weapon, and wow. that's where it, it, it's it's it gets really interesting if you start thinking about it. And I think the more we lose our critical thinking ability, the worse we will become as humanity.
0: Jesus. And, and we, we're kind of there now when you see our politics and what's going on as a separation. Absolutely. You know, I yeah. mean, the same thing you're talking about, AI doing to us, you know, Mark Zuckerberg already did with Facebook in 2016, you know, where basically they hijacked the algorithms and, and yeah. got some back-end weaponry. And basically, you know, even now, I mean, the algorithm is designed to for emotion. It's just designed to fire you up. Yeah. It's not designed to send you something like, hey, would you like to oh. read some of the works of Einstein? It's like, hey, this guys I don't know, lighting children on fire over here. What do you think about that? And you're like, what? Children mm-hmm. on fire! You know, and whatever yep. the hell it is. And, you know, even politicians do the same thing. Yep. I think they probably always have yep. over time. But, but yeah, it's designed to tap into your emotion. But that will be interesting. I haven't thought about that thing where, you know, geez, if if it if it became uh, Mark Zuckerberg 10.0, because I'm sure it won't be 2.0, it'll be 10.0. It could be really crazy. The one thing I've been thinking about lately that I'm starting to run people by is the amount of disinformation that can be created by it with using AI and how that can yeah. be manipulated for politics. We've had people on the show that yeah. talked about this upcoming politics season. We're probably going to see yeah. a lot of deep fakes, a lot of different yeah. manipulation, and you know, you, you may see like whole videos. We see that now. We see videos that are fake. You know, and, you know, yeah. maybe we'll see a presidential candidate who's I don't know doing something heinous and in the video will look real and, you know, a lie gets yeah. around the world faster than whatever, and maybe it will make a difference in a campaign. Maybe it won't. You just, you just don't know. But the, it, it almost seems like uh, for the amount of disinformation AI can generate at a, at a just incredibly massive scale, we almost need to start designing some AI systems that are somehow going to get to the truth. I mean, there, there has to be an objective truth. I would think you're you're probably more of a scientist and a smarter guy than I am, but I think from to to keep a society balanced, there has to be some sort of segment of of what we can all agree on as objective truth.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it's it, it's a combination of a lot of different things that you can put the genie in the bottle, right? I mean, it's yeah. a obviously technology because you know you can say look let's create some boundaries where it can tell you whether it's a digital entity or versus a real entity that's that's from mm-hmm. a technology point of view right but if you look at from a ethics and law and governance point of view you can also start putting together a policy where you're not allowed to use a digital persona uh, mm-hmm. you know i mean like how do you know the, the idea of that well i want to create a persona and that's going to be my face to the world. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty dangerous approach because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- that's where the deep fake starts, uh, you know, become mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of, of ethics, law, governance, and technology. Mm-hmm. And, and there are a lot of people are, a lot of smart people around the globe is working on it, including the various government. I'm sure you've seen those things in coming out of Europe. There are yeah. stuff yeah. going on U.S. Department of uh, Defense where, you know, there's an organization called NIST that, that trying to put together some governance models so that organization doesn't go rogue and start creating engines that are not that, that, that are harmful right but it's a collective it's a collective um, you know uh, responsibility and and, and I, I hope and pray that we have learned from our at least last 10 years of, Human patterns and behavior, and being manipulated by algorithm and de- divisiveness that we have managed to create worldwide. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like your point. I mean, some say, hey, look at this video. Somebody's burning the children, and then we all mm-hmm. pile on to it because it it tapped into you know the the deep emotion we have about certain things, and we completely lose perspective. We lose mm-hmm. the ability to think critically about anything. And we take it for gospel, and we go at it, right? Yeah. So these, these things, you know, it's a, it's a collective. It's a coll- It's really a collective responsibility, and and we have to each one of us have to conduct ourselves in a way because you know we're now teaching a child which is going to be a thousand times more smarter than any of us were ever before, yeah. right? Because that, it has the computational power, right? So that's that's really the challenge, and and mm. I think we're all going to have to wake up. You know, it's like, you know, it's like you know, you've seen in movies or, you know, we say it's not real. It's not real. Everything mm-hmm. you see, you have to say, is it real? Is it real? Is it real? Right. Yeah. Or we're almost there.
0: Yeah. I mean, really, it's it's the, the amount of disinformation they can put out and already puts out. And we already put out ourselves manually. I mean, there's you know, evil people doing stuff. You know, you have governments that are activating AI or trying to, to win the AI war. And I'm sure they're going to use sure. it for... They're technically techno war you know they're 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 people that don't like us because you know we have yep. freedom and and they don't and they think autocracy is really yep. cool because if if it treats them well and we're just that ugly example to the world that you know the human yep. spirit and the mind and freedom are important, but you know even then we may have our days, but you're you're right that everyone needs to have that collective sort of responsibility. I remember the jokes when well it wasn't a joke when the internet started. Everyone's like, "Hey, if everyone gets more information and data and they can learn more on the internet, everyone will be smarter. A rising tide will lift all boats. Turns out that wasn't the truth that we just let the village idiots were able to find each other and then gang up oh. over the internet. <laughs>
1: And then you're, right, you're right on. You know, I mean, I mean, look, you, you talk about this. I mean, it, just think about th- that. So many advancements that's happened. I mean, there's no, no, there's no denial of the good and the advancement that has happened because mm-hmm. of the technology and the connectivity and all the things that we have, the things we can learn. You know, it's 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 really mind-boggling, right? I mean, the, it used to take like like years to do research. Now it takes days to do research, right? So because you have all this information. but mm-hmm. at the same time, look, I mean here's a, you talk about politics, just just a historical perspective. Misinformation about you know about candidates against each other is nothing new. I mean Abraham Lincoln did that. you know uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson did that with newsletters, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. So, But the, the difference was that you know at, during those times, it was a kind of, kind of a, like a leaflet. And it would go around like uh, 100 people or 200 people. Now it just goes instantly globally and Mm. inform opinion at a very, at a space that's not controllable, right? So that's why you Mm. can organize riots. You can organize protests in, in, in a matter of hours, not a matter of days or hours. So that's where the danger comes in. And to your point, you know, there are lots of bad people out there that doesn't like the way of our life. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the reasons I, I bounce to from private sector to public sector, it's, it's my way of, of giving to this country that has given me so much. And I work, do a lot of work with DOD. And, you know, it's a major issue. You know, the mm-hmm. information war is the biggest war we have on our end.
0: Definitely. You know, the, speaking of DOD, one of the things I think that Sam Harris identified is, you know, we built the bomb. And the bomb could kill us. We could kill ourselves. Yeah. But we still had to be the ones that push the button. Somebody manually had to go push yep. a button. But AI, if you connect it to Department of Defense's, you know, weaponry and stuff, NORAD, and you connected all those things, whether you do it through AI chips that can, it can eventually search and seek out, or whether you connect it directly to the weapon system. It, it, and you can think, well, we're high-minded for that. Well, what if Russia does it? We've seen how incompetent their military yeah. is. What if they connect their AI to their button? China, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Indian, Pakistan. Yeah. Jesus, do we want yeah, that of course. thing going down? Yeah, um, of course. I, I'm surprised that hasn't even gone off yet at this point. But maybe it's somewhat of a turn. But uh, yeah, it's it's you think of what can happen if AI gets access to certain things. And so, I mean, there you go. Let's fall back in your book because this has been a great technology discussion and a reason for your book on why, you know, there's hyper digital era and some of the things we need to think about. You talk in your book about three distinct sections. The first section is why the case for business transformation in the hyper digital era, discussing some of the things that we've done so far as a CEO of a company, as a business, as a leader. Why do we need to start thinking about transforming to adapt for a higher hyper digital era?
1: look I mean all the things we just talked about I mean if you, if you dissect it from a business point of view I mean it, you know the way we communicate the way we mm-hmm. sell the way we market the way we do supply chain management the way we interact with the global resource pool right they're all now on on digital infrastructure so if you if you if you if your business as a business leader you're not modeling your business to take advantage of that you will be instantly obsolete right so that's where that comes from that's the business case for being digitally savvy and 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 thinking about your business where digital is your business not i mean even if you look at a beer company right oh look mm-hmm. the beer company yeah, they make beer and then the beer goes to go goes to a consumer. But the way they market, the way you connect, the way you you have using social media with the influencers, the way you're you know utilizing supply chain to make sure the raw materials are coming at the right time to create the right flavor and create the right flavor at the right time of the year because of the seasonal changes. All of those are enabled by some sort of a digital technology right and 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 so that those are very simple basic example and you can expand upon that in a in a multitude of way but but you know here's where it gets really tricky and it's kind of relates to the conversation we just have had because Mm -hmm. you know we collectively as a society have to think about businesses that are responsible for global society as a whole right so Mm -hmm. The the things we push out there, is it going to really have a long-lasting positive impact or is it, are we going to just make some short-term money and that's why we are in business? And uh, by the way, that doesn't work anyway because people see through that, right? I mean, I mean, when you manipulate people to buy stuff that are not value added or harmful, people, you know, they, they get, they, they push away from the brand that you're pushing out there, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where that mindset of, of long-term thinking and impact on society as a general comes at play along with how does digital technology allows us to create a sustainable future So we human society can thrive in the long term so that's that's really what i tried to portray in the the first section of the book and the second section of the book we talk about okay so you you got that mindset you want to do good and you do by doing good you want to do well for yourself or your business or organization then how do you go about doing it you know, well, how do you think about technology how do you plan for it how do you how do you you know mobilize your organization and create that innovation culture whereby people can input their diverse thought process diversity in the in the context of thoughts and skill set not just diversity in the context of you know re, the ethnicity or or or, or a gender, it's, it's really the diversity of thought process and skill set. How do you apply that to, to create that kind of model? And then how does that really create a long lasting value? And we propose a methodology that, that I have applied over the 20 years in all these organizations that I've worked with to, to, to take it, take them to the next level.
0: There you go. And these are important for leaders, CEOs to think about. The next section that you talk about is transformation versus digitalization, necessary steps. Talk to us about what those action items mean.
1: Sure. I mean, look, digitalization is kind of like the... First step, like for example, mm-hmm. you know, I got volume of paper that I used to stack in my file cabinet. I don't need to do that now. I can put it on a drive, and I can have better access. So that's mm-hmm. basic example of digitization, right? Transformation is when you are saying, okay, I have all these vast amount of information. What do I do to learn from my past, and how do I plan for the future? knowing what I've done in the past that worked or didn't work and where the market is going and how it's going, it's really taking advantage of the information and turning that into analytics for better decision-making, right? So that's where the transformation comes in play. And, you know, obviously, you know, as we know that, you know, 90% of the things that you try often don't come a reality. It fails for whatever reason. So you have to create a portfolio of innovation and you have to kind of push them forward and see which one sticks. And and then say, okay, well, I've tried about 10 things and you know five of them worked and three of them died out, but one of them really an outlier, so I'm gonna d- d- devote my resource around it. So that that that's what the transformative mindset and transformational model comes in play, where just like your financial portfolio, I mean, you're not gonna, you know, if you're smart, you're not going to take all your savings and put it against one real estate investment and hope, uh, hope for the best. You're going to probably spread out in different areas. Similarly, you know, w- if you are a leader in a large organization, you make bets on different things and you create a uh, innovation portfolio, and you communicate with the organization to portray why they're doing. You know, this why aspect is probably far more important than anything else because if people do not understand why they're doing what they're doing, they never buy into it, right? And, mm-hmm. and so that element is, is a, a super critical and super important.
0: There you go. Note to self, quit investing in one real estate vehicle. Oh, there you go. I just had to make that note. Some of the some of the you quoted on on running attempts to I, I just I'm just gonna bury that joke. I can't set it up. The final section you talk about what to do, navigating with lifts. What are lifts?
1: Yeah. So it's a it's a five step mod, you know, a a process that where I talk about where you have to learn and you have to investigate, you have to formulate and you have to mobilize and then you have to monitor right mm-hmm. it's an acronym that, that i used to de- describe that five steps so the step number one is really analyzing where you are and where do you fit in the world and where you can add your value as an organization right and you, i'm sure you've heard of this idea of blue ocean and red oceans theory mm-hmm. where you may want to go after a market segment that are less populated or less competitive because you have a unique offering or a unique, you know, capability. So it starts looking at that and then formulating the ideas in the in the in the context of portfolio. Whereby I say, look, I've got four or five ideas that I'm going to tackle this year in terms of my growth strategy by utilizing technology, and I'm going to try them out and see which mm-hmm. one of them really adds value. Once you've done that, then you have to mobilize, once you have that strategy, then you have to mobilize your organization by communicating why it's important for the organization and how does individual people play a role to contribute in that? Because, you know, this is about innovation and creativity, right? So creative and innovative people doesn't buy into things unless they can see why they're doing it and what, how their particular skill set plays a role into that why, right? It's like calling up on the higher purpose, right? So, I mean, so you have to mobilize the organization with that why, and then you can start executing it. And while you're executing it, you have to start monitoring to see whether the execution model is really working and where can you tweak it so that it can be modified or or adapted and sometimes abandoned because it's not working anymore, right? So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the process. From beginning to end to, to uh, mobilizing the entire, entire organization to be transformative.
0: There you go. Lifts, learn, investigate, formulate, take off, and study. Once again, I'll be using that on my Tinder profile. my dating gaming? So there you go. Give us your final pitch as we go out on the show for people to order the books, get to know you better, and reach out for whatever services you offer on your website.
1: Sure. Look, I mean, I, I wrote the books and I, I pledged all my book proceeds for cancer research. Mm-hmm. I have a cancer surviving son. He's now 21. So it has become a cause for me. So all the book proceeds goes to cancer research. It's particularly for myeloma, multiple myeloma, which is the, the cancer that he suffers from. Mm-hmm. If you buy the book, you'll be doing some good to some kid or, or somebody who's suffering. So that's what the books are. Yeah, you know, the work I do is really for you know Fortune five hundred and and for large government agencies. I have a piece of software that I use to do this transformational type of work. And you can find about my work on my website. And I'm a an avid knowledge sharer, so every day I push out something on LinkedIn. There's nothing to sell, you don't have to buy anything. Anybody can take advantage of that and maybe learn something, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're a, a CEO of a large organization or a coach that tried to mobilize a team for higher performance, you can leverage those nuggets of information and knowledge that I share by learning from other people as there well as you go. My own work.
0: So you're trying to help everybody be smarter, which is what we talked about earlier in the show. <laughs> there you go. And it sounds like a worthy effort as well. Thank you very much for coming on the show, So really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me, Chris.
0: Thank you. And come back for your future books. You're pretty prolific. How many do you have now?
1: I have eight. So Mm -hmm. the next one would be ninth if I can manage to finish it. So there you go. I have a
0: feeling you'll do it. You'll pull it off. And your last uh, several have been Wall Street Journal bestsellers too as well. We should get that plug in there. There you go. Thank Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks, Aronis, for tuning in. Go to for Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss. Chris Foss won on the tickety talkity. And I don't know, there's a LinkedIn newsletter and the big LinkedIn 130,000 group over there. Thanks for being here. We certainly appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time.